You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. gracious what is going on here <laughs> welcome back everyone uh, i'll apologize in advance for my mic i am hearing some feedback in uh, my studio headset i think my mic is dying it's i've had it for a very long time however i cannot afford a new mic right now so i'm just gonna go with it because my mantra this year is perfect is the enemy of done because i'm oftentimes don't get stuff out there because it's not absolutely perfect Hence why I was late with the podcast last week, but I did it because my goal was to make sure I did it for a week straight. So we've got one more week to make sure that it's on time or just even done. And I will never do a podcast again. Completely joking, completely joking. But uh, if you're getting really irritated, you are more than welcome to buy me a new mic or you can just deal with it because right now I sure as hell can't afford to buy one. Anyways, <laughs> moving right along. I did say, if you were watching on social media, that we weren't going to talk about politics tonight, except maybe for the briefest of moments. And maybe I'm lying about that. I am who I am after all, so we're going to see. I tend to like to talk about politics. But what we are going to talk about tonight is cancel culture, hypocrisy, and how Gen X failed to save the world due to our basic disinterest in drama. We're going to talk about Chris Brown. Mike Tyson. We're even going to talk about Al Franken. And that might be the political bit there. And there will be a few other honorable mentions sprinkled here and there. And I'm also going to apologize. I have the worst dry mouth tonight. So I'm stumbling over my words, I've noticed, because this is actually the third time I've tried to record this podcast and I just am not able to speak articulately tonight. So my forgiveness, if I'm stumbling over words, you should be able to figure out what my mumbles are. Anyways, I really hope that most of the people who are listening to this podcast right now are music fans and sports fans, because that's the only way you're going to understand where I'm going with this. Um, if you are not music fans or sports fans, my God, go back underneath your rock. You should not be listening to my podcast because I talk about pop culture or I'm talking about politics or science. Basically, you shouldn't be listening to my podcast because you don't know what I'm talking about. And we'll leave it at that. If you don't know anything, don't listen to my podcast. If you're stupid, don't listen to my podcast. That's really rude to say. <laughs> Anyways, um, how many of you people remember when Chris Brown beat up Rihanna? Now, Chris Brown, if you're listening right now, please do not sue me, since I'm sure you really don't want me bringing up that you beat up Rihanna, because it was a really long time ago. But it's important for the story that I'm trying to tell tonight or the point that I'm trying to make tonight. Um, I'm really conflicted because recently in what gave me the idea for this podcast is Chris Brown came on the radio while I was driving and I didn't know it was Chris Brown. I was driving and the song, which had a really good tune was on. I started jamming and, you know, as you do in the car when you're kind of bopping along. And then I figured out that it was, Chris Brown, but the music was just so good. I couldn't help 
to stop wiggling my ass as I was driving. That's a really great visual. Um, but I don't want to support beating up Rihanna. So I felt really conflicted. Then luckily for me, I remembered my Catholic upbringing. Um, I was raised to believe that feelings aren't wrong, but actions are. And this is a topic that we could have on another podcast um, on religion and my Catholic upbringing, because I had Catholic nuns teach me and they take a much different perspective than the patriarchal side of um, the Catholic church or certain sects of nuns, certain, certain, um, I can't think of the word that I want for, there's different types of nuns, different little, <laughs> they're not cults of nuns, but there's Benedictines, Blessed Virgin Marys, there's different groups of nuns. Um, and I had Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Virgin Marys and um, Benedictines. And the Benedictine nuns are actually awesome. And they do a lot of education. They do a lot of, they teach at a lot of schools. And I'm totally getting off topic, but I just felt like bringing it up as to why I actually felt okay that <laughs> bopping out to Chris Brown because I couldn't help it. And just because I was bopping out to Chris Brown doesn't mean that I was supporting the fact that at one point in time, he beat up Rihanna. Anyways, I digress. Back to Chris Brown. The incident with Rihanna happened in 2009. However, he remained getting chart hits and is even in the top 40 single chart as of this week, which I have to add again. I haven't followed the official singles chart since I was in high school, as my music tastes tend to mostly trend off what's popular. So spending 20 minutes on there today, seeing just what is popular is really interesting. I don't understand the music's taste today, but it's not for me. So I guess it's all right. Um, clearly, Chris beating up Rihanna didn't hurt his career. He's still making music and he hasn't become some obscure footnote to the year 2009. His misdeeds didn't stop people from buying his music. He was held accountable at the time, but clearly it wasn't a life sentence. He was still making money, still making music. So I'm going to take a second here and tell you guys to really pay attention to dates that I'm giving you here. If I tell you to do that, I'm probably laying some sort of foundation that there's going to be a payoff later on in this podcast. And if you've got a pen and paper with you, you might want to start writing down dates and see if you can catch it before I actually tell you. Of course, this is all my own theories and whatnot, but as we all know, I'm, 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 I'm what is it, Rihanna, shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> I'm a smart, I shine bright like a diamond. There you go. There's, there's a music reference for you. Okay, well, let's move off of music and let's talk about sports. And the next person that I want to mention is Mike Tyson. And y'all really need to know who Mike Tyson is. If you don't, again, turn this podcast off right now. Go crawl back under the rock. Uh, Mike Tyson, my dear, dear Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, cannibal, pigeon lover, and convicted rapist. Now, Mike Tyson denied back then and even now that he ever committed a sexual assault in 1991. He was accused and convicted of a sexual assault against Desiree Washington at the Miss Black America pageant in 1991. There were considerable racial overtones in that case, and also considering the times, it's more than likely he didn't get a fair trial. We're talking about, um, this is also, I think, I don't know if it was before or after the O.J. Simpson town, trial, but we're talking about in this time period. Um, he went to jail and immediately after he got back into the ring 
and bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. Um, this is just one of a series of problematic and questionable behaviors that Mike Tyson had in the 90s. Nowadays, Tyson has become almost a beloved elder statement. He's still having some controversy here and there, but mostly has come out of the side of right. And when there's been an incident, like, for example, Mike Tyson punching an airline passenger in 2022 who was bothering him. And come on, from those of us who fly a lot, that guy most certainly had it coming to him. I haven't seen any media admonishing Tyson for punching the guy in the airline. I did see that the guy decided to uh, open up a lawsuit against Mike Tyson for having his face beaten in. Um, and this lawsuit is for around $350,000. And another side note, and this was at the beginning of 2023, there was another rape allegation that was a uh, 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 rape allegation that a woman from the 90s was saying that she was sexually assaulted by Tyson in the early 90s. But I haven't seen any recent news on it. Like this was in, in June or sorry, January of 2023. And I haven't seen anything recent on it. In the meantime, Mike Tyson has gone from strength to strength, but the one thing he's been really open about is how messed up he was when he was younger and the mistakes he made. He had a rough childhood, and although that doesn't forgive the most egregious of his actions, it certainly softened some of them because he didn't have the best examples growing up. I admit that I really like Mike Tyson these days because some of the things he says are so self-aware and he really does seem sorry. He seems like he's in a good place and enjoying his golden years, except when some asshole is agitating him on an airplane, which side note, because everyone knows I travel a lot. Please do not agitate people on planes. If you agitate people on planes, you 100% deserve to be beaten. Uh, it's such a small place and you have no right to make people miserable. Try to remember that everything is not about you. And you know, you might be sitting next to Mike Tyson and your, your ass is going to get beaten and nobody's going to care. Anyways. Um, yeah. So, I hope you're still taking notes. Uh, these two incidents between, not between, but with Mike Tyson and with Chris Brown, these two incidents happened in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And now both of these guys seem to be getting su successful second acts. They weren't, as you would say now, air quotes, canceled. Now, before we can even talk about being canceled, we need to first go into the Wayback Machine and see around about when canceled came into the vernacular in the way that we understand it being used now. I will include the receipts of my research as usual in the podcast notes, but a really good article about when cancel culture seems to have first popped up is approximately in late 2014 from a VH1 reality show called Love and Hip Hop New York, where Crisco Rosado, a cast member, told his then-girlfriend that she was canceled after she said she had a daughter. He sounds like a real piece of work. I never saw the show, but okay. Black Twitter, after this episode air, fell in love with this usage of the word canceled, and it started to spread like wildfire across the internet, <laughs> which is interesting because a lot of these terms that these terms, these slang terms, these catchy terms always seem to be coming from Black American culture or Twitter or LGBTQ culture. Uh, listen to last week's podcast as it seems to be a good segue to mention it here. I spoke a little on black culture last week. It's interesting to me how fast the rest of the world adopts things from black Twitter. 
which is there even a black Twitter anymore? Oh, it's it's not important to today's topic, but I just I just kind of wonder. Anyways, um, after 2015, the term canceled really started to take off. It really started to take off. It, it, it got a life of its own. Immediately after that, in 2017, the Me Too, the Me Too movement grew to prominence, and many men and women found themselves canceled, rightly or wrongly. And we'll get back to why I said wrongly in a little bit, but I want to drop three names here. Harvey Weinstein, Al Franken, and... Oh, fuck. I said no politics, but I'm sorry. The final name drop I have for you is... Grab him by the pussy. Donald Trump. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You can't just get away from that guy. Um, I hope you were all good listeners and kept track of all those dates. Because we're getting to the payoff that I promised you. In 2017, millennials became the largest segment of the workforce. This is the generation that grew up with the internet and social media. They had MySpace, the aforementioned Twitter, Facebook. They became the first truly connected generation with the iPhone coming out in 2007, which was a game changer to society as a whole, as these were disruptive technologies. Another side note here, if you ever really want me to get nerdy and explain terms such as disruptive technology, let me know. I don't want to assume that people always understand what I'm saying. Back to the topic on hand. With these technologies, basically everything you said or did in public was more easily tracked and judged due to marketing companies seeing the power of the internet, the power of the browser cookie, and end users being tracked and compiled into databases, which could be reached uh, reached into um, from the deepest realm of the internet, or rather, they could reach into the deepest realm of the, of, of, of the internet through these databases to see stuff that you've ever said like maybe a comment that you made on movable type. Um, And if you don't know what that is, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) I'm dating myself here. It was a thing that was the thing you journaled on before WordPress and LiveJournal was a thing and before Facebook. I really am nerding it out right now, but it's important to, again, the story that I'm trying to tell. What I'm trying to point out here is that in 2017, millennials got that significant buying power due to reaching that growth of being the largest working cohort. Not as much buying power as boomers had, of course, but enough to make media companies take notice to trends and sentiments of millennials online. Millennials finally had a voice loud enough with their spending power and were easy to track in their actions online. And this gave them the ability to force company boards and the entertainment industry to get people fired, or as we now say, canceled. Now, there's another important side note about millennials that you need to know. This generation had more access to therapy and drugs, therapeutic drugs. When I say drugs in this case, I don't mean more access to heroin. I mean more access to therapeutic drugs, mental health drugs. This generation also benefited from better education and greater college attendance. This generation benefited from more up-to-date studies and research into things such as sociology, psychology, and history. Ancient wrongs really start to show as being wrong and a great difference in thoughts in regard to race, gender, and sexuality begin to appear, much like the movements in the 60s. The world, at least for a moment, became much better because of this, but this is an important distinction because a generation before them, the boomers and Gen X had less access to education, less access to ideas beyond their familiar or social circles, especially if they never traveled or studied outside the area they'd been born. 
They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have MySpace. They didn't have Twitter. The best they got was the party line on the phone. And finally, being brought up in traditional religious upbringings with traditional roles in regards to gender and even race. Um, Black people weren't allowed to be full members of the Mormon church until 1978, which is really not that long ago. So where am I going with this? A lot of times, if you haven't been taught or exposed to different ideas or have been taught those ideas are wrong, then it is possible to do or say things that are wrong or unsavory when you were younger, much less educated and less worldly. Also, mental maturity really doesn't start to happen until age 25. I personally would say in men that it doesn't happen until 65, but we're not talking about my personal opinion on this particular point. Don't get me wrong, certain actions I think are wrong and have always been wrong. And deep down, humans should know better. Slavery, rape, murder, these things come to mind because I'd like to think that somewhere in most people's lizard brains, these actions will just register on the ick meter. However, other things which may not be physically harmful, and I'm stressing physically harmful as in causing bodily harm, these things may not have seemed so bad to educated and immature mind. Things like racial slurs, verbal sexual harassment, name calling and teasing, etc. PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder wasn't formally recognized as a thing until 1980. And even then, it was thought to affect people who witnessed something traumatic outside of everyday life. For example, a soldier who went to war. But living every day, being called racial slurs, or being subjected to daily verbal harassment didn't score for having PTSD, and was just something people should be able to deal with. With this in mind, the removing of the physical element as a quantifying element for actual harm, I'm sure that everyone at some point has said something or done something they weren't proud of when they were younger. And if you were God's perfect person, well, I commend you. I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying here. Youth and a lack of education is not an excuse for bad behavior. Sexual harassment, racism, cruelty is wrong, period, period. However, what I will say is that there's something to the idea of the folly of youth and the opportunity and ability to grow and learn from mistakes, um, especially in today's hyper-connected age. The internet's free if you go to the library and most people have a smartphone connected to the internet. There are ample opportunities to learn if you want to. If you are the same person now as you were when you were 14, 20, 25, I actually feel sad for you because you haven't grown and you haven't learned any better. But if you aren't, then you've learned that some of the things you said or did were wrong because either someone told you, you became educated, or you had a change of heart or had experience. People do have the ability to learn and to change and to grow and they shouldn't be permanently penalized for something done in times if they genuinely show understanding of the problem and show contrition, that they really understand why and what they did, why what they did was wrong or why what they said was wrong. Which, remember when I mentioned Al Franken earlier? And if you're not American and listening, Al Franken was a United States senator who was pushed out of the U.S. Senate in 2017 for a photo groping a woman while on a comedy tour in the Middle East in 2006. An important thing to know about Al Franken is before Al Franken was a U.S. Senator, 
He was one of the original writers for Saturday Night Live, which is a popular weekly comedy show here in the U.S., um, where the likes of Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, John Belushi, and others got their starts. If you look at any of the comedy skits from then, or, or the movies he made, the movies these guys made in the seventies and early eighties, these movies, these skits would make Dave Chappelle look like a saint. Actually, Dave Chappelle looks like a saint in comparison to early Robin Williams, but the kiddos don't know about these comedians because this is before um, their time, and they don't tend to like to watch early comedy videos. Racism and sexual harassment was funny up until probably the early nineties. And that's Gen X right there. That's where things start to change a little bit. You know, Gen X, who actually gave everyone the internet. Well, that was actually uh, Al Gore, <laughs> according to him. But um, Gen X, who actually gave everyone access to the internet and social media. And we probably should have never done that. Um, Al Franken seemed to have shown genuine contrition for his actions back when he did it in 2006. Now this couldn't be say the same couldn't be said about like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, or C.K. Lewis. Um, if you remember the scandals that happened with those guys, and oh my God, Cosby. Which I don't know is Cosby still alive or did he die recently? I don't remember. Is he dead or alive? Is Cosby dead or alive? I'm gonna have to Google that later. Um, there is also another person who hasn't shown any sort of learning or contrition, or I'm sorry. <sighs> sorry, Donald Trump again. I want to add one more side note here. There isn't, there isn't a point there. This isn't to say that there hasn't been scandals in the past with people. There were tons of scandals, but it didn't have the reach it does now because the only way you could find out was by reading the paper, or watching the news. It was a lot easier to do one of two things. If you happen to get caught on the bad side of the public eye, your manager or promoter had deals with the rags or news agencies or TV show or, you know, TV shows, entertainment magazines to get the story squashed, or you disappeared for a year, adopted an orphan kid or something like that, and then came back with a new album or movie and all was forgotten because there was no instant wayback machine. You'd actually have to go to the library and look up an old paper on microfiche or microfilm to find out what happened the year before. And I really am dating myself now because I remember in grade school having to go to the public library to look up news clippings for, uh, research from the 1970s or earlier. Um, I never forget my science fair project on the eruption of Saint, Mount St. Helens. That was hours looking at news clippings on microfilm at the Chicago Public Library. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is the reputation timeout still happens to a certain extent these days, but it's a lot harder to come back from these scandals if you don't have an excellent PR team or know how to capitalize on the scandals like the Kardashians and well, I don't know if if Kanye West really is capitalizing on it or yay or whatever his name is. He's just like weird anti-Semitic weird dude now. I think I don't think anything beneficial is happening to him anymore. But I, again, I digress. I digress so much. So if you're still with me, we're going to come to the payoff now. So let's see if the notes you've been taking will have gotten you to the point before I actually got to the point. When I mentioned Chris Brown and Mike Tyson earlier, they were in the limelight for their misdeeds in the late 90s and early 2000s. This is a time when Gen X and boomers were the majority in the workforce and had the buying power. The, 
problematic behavior of these individuals happened when Gen X and boomers had more power to do the canceling with their bank accounts. The canceling didn't happen to the extent it does today because where boomers made a lot of mistakes because they didn't know any better, Gen X learned better later. And I think both of these cohorts probably had a better understanding of the folly of youth and the lack of education. In general, Gen X tends to be, if it doesn't directly affect me, then I'm going to stay out of it. And if it does, then I'll fix it myself. Add to this that these two generations were not as socially connected digitally. Movements took a lot more work to take hold in society. Millennials are young and and the younger generation are not this way at all. Everything done is from a perceived, stressing the word perceived, community standpoint. You know, your internet friends. Instead of having one-on-one arguments with people, it's become a shouting match of several online tribes against the few, and whomever shouts the loudest is the winner, for good or for bad. Judgment comes fast with no research, with little fact-finding, at least little fact-finding beyond what supports whatever narrative is being spouted out by the cohort. If it requires additional research, context, or insight from experience, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's just not listened to. That brings me back to Al Franken. Quite a few of the Democrats who pushed him out of office later expressed remorse for not doing more due diligence about the allegations against him and being persuaded by public opinion to push a senator who was actually doing some real good out of office. I can't speak to the Chris Brown scandal because I don't follow him. I just like a few of his tunes. I don't know if he's sorry or understood what he did was wrong or why he did, why what he did was wrong. I'd like to think by now, at age 36, he's come to a better place. Tyson, on the other hand, I follow because I used to be really into combat sports, as some of you know. There was one time I thought he was the worst, and I felt guilty when I started to like him. But if he seems genuinely sorry and has learned, doesn't he deserve a second chance? Doesn't anyone deserve a second chance? He never killed anyone, and it's it's questionable about the sexual assault charges. He was a violent man from the streets who grew up using his fists to survive. He had a tough family life and he had limited education. I know the art of fight. I know the art of war. That's all I ever studied. That's why I'm so feared. That's why they feared me when I was in the ring. Because that's all my, I was annihilated. That's all I was born for. Chris Brown said he grew up watching his mother being abused by her partner. Though these things don't forgive the actions in and of themselves, it makes it easier to understand and see why these actions may have happened. Especially when these guys were in their teens and 20s and the examples and education just wasn't there for them. The problem with cancel culture is that it doesn't take into account current behaviors since it's more focused on digging up the past. To penalize somebody for something they said or did when they were young or didn't know better is to ruin someone's life or career. Some people do genuinely deserve to be canceled because they've shown no remorse. Other people, other people have gotten caught up in a mob mentality where the mentality may have started out with the best of intentions, but without nuance and looking at all the facts, not just the past ones, it has caused a lot of damage to people who didn't deserve it. Cancel culture definitely has had some bad effects on society as well because it's turned off vast amounts of people who basically feel like it's gotten out of hand and are being contrarian just to be contrarian. (laughs) Here we go again. Trump supporters are a good example of this for sure. 
Trump should have been canceled, but he absolutely wasn't. He's proven that he's an actively vile human being with no respect for women or people of color, but he's just being real, and that's why people still flock to him. But she's accusing me, and so are you, of rape, and it never took place. And I will tell you, I made that statement, and I said, well, it's politically incorrect. She's not my type, and that's 100% true. She's not my type. To wrap this whole little episode up, it does seem like maybe there is some temperance coming to cancel culture. The millennials who started it are hitting their late 30s and 40s and are learning what they thought or how they behaved when they were 14, 25, or even 30 isn't how they think or behave now. People change with age and experience. It's unknown yet exactly how Gen Z is going to behave as they're only now starting to hit the workforce. And in some aspects, they're starting to shun social media except for short form videos such as TikTok. I'm not sure if they can organize themselves into some sort of societal outrage yet, but we'll find out once they have the spending power. If I had a say in their story, I'd get them to worry about climate change above anything else. The outrage seems to have been delegated to the fractured post-Twitter aftermath of Threads, Blue Sky, and X, which is formerly known as Twitter, where people seem to have sorted themselves out according to their political persuasions, kind of like some Hogwarts sorting hat. Oh, there's another canceled person, J.K. Rowling. Side note here. Um, to me, maybe Threads doesn't count as one of the political sorting hats because Threads is really you go if you really like vanilla pudding. If you know what I mean, you know, there, <laughs> there's nothing spicy about Threads. There's spiciness going on X and there's spiciness going on Blue Sky, but there is nothing spicy about Threads. Threads is like going to the IOP next to the Thai restaurant. Threads is where you go if you don't want to shake anyone's boat. Threads is where you want to say, follow me if you're a girl. Hashtag girls follow girls. Ooh. Like this was a real thing. This is why I don't post on threads too often because I just usually get annoyed when I'm on there. Back to the topic. I think people, people who are not truly sorry for what they've said or done, even if they go on the, I'm so sorry for being a dick tour, eventually do get found out and their career suffers. Not all the time, but most of the time. What I would like to see is more energy spent on the people who are actively causing damage now because a lot more needs to be done about the present to fix the future. Perfecting the past doesn't usually fix the present. And sometimes I think we can get so fixated on the past deeds of an individual that the things that really should get paid attention to or should be important get glossed over. We need to learn from the past, but don't penalize the now. By all means, cancel someone who is right now doing harm. But if someone said the N-word in 1985 and doesn't say it anymore, I really don't give a shit because it's not actively affecting me. What affects me right now are people who have platforms in spite of or because of bad behavior. That affects me today. That's going to affect your children tomorrow. Anyways, I think we've come to the end of my point here, and I really do hope you enjoyed today's episode. I feel like I'm starting to get my stride. I miss doing podcasts with others like I used to, and hopefully someday I'll return to that. But right now, and you're more than welcome to invite me to your podcast or whatever. Right now, I'm starting to enjoy researching and preparing a perspective that's a little bit educational and maybe a little bit subversive um, and maybe sometimes new. As always, I totally appreciate your support. You can further support me on the podcast by subscribing and liking the channel on whatever, wherever you're reading, you're listening to this, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google, 
wherever. You can also share the episode with your friends if you think they might be interested. I really would like to continue these, and I'm not going to lie, feedback motivates me. Like, it motivates everyone, even negative feedback. I don't make any money of this off this right now, clearly, but they're just a labor of love and an outlet for my brain. So if you like them, please send me your feedback and subscribe. Also, since last week, you can find this podcast being streamed on YouTube. I'll put the link to it in the description. Oh, yeah. And also gawk the new logo for the podcast. A dystopian hellscape directed by climate change and war. That's so me. It's just chef's kiss. Um, once again, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you again next week. Do me a favor, if you don't mind. Do something kind for someone this week. Give 30 seconds of your week to somebody else. I promise you, you will both feel better for it. Once again, thanks for listening. Have a great week and bye.